Welcome to the Beyond the Boards podcast. Your home for all things hockey. Let's get started. Here are your hosts, Dan Coover and Dylan Terry. Alrighty, folks, welcome to the 2021 Stanley Cup Playoffs Preview Edition of the Beyond the Boards podcast. Dylan, how excited are you, not just for the playoffs, but for Tom Wilson to be named the Lady Bing Trophy winner after the playoffs? Dude, I am just shaking. <laughs> I'm just shaking with excitement right now. I can't even contain myself. I mean, for the playoffs part, it would be a little bit better if my Blackhawks were in it. But uh, just the Tom Wilson win in the Lady Bing itself just has yeah. got me so excited, dude. It's it's going to be incredible. He's so deserving. Um, you know, the guy constantly gives his elbows um, for other players to lean on during their time of need. Um, he's always throwing a shoulder, um, you know. Lending Again, to cry on for other players. Yeah, lending, <laughs> lending a fist. It's just the way he does it. He's such a giving guy, and I'm just so happy that he's finally going to get the recognition that he deserves. Um, I know we both love Tom Wilson very much, so, um, you know, I'm very thankful for him. Um, but, Dylan, do you want to get right into it? Yeah, let's send her, bud. All right, dude. Well, listen, why don't we start with possibly the best player in the NHL, Tom Wilson's Capitals. And Bruins, that's the first series we'll break down. All right. Um, very highly anticipated series. Uh, this is what I'm going to call the NBC porn series because th- these are the two teams they love to just put on national TV at all times. Dylan, give me your initial thoughts on this series. Um, I think this series is going to be kind of tight. It's going to be a Definitely a physical battle. I mean, we know how physical the Bruins have been over the years. And then Washington, obviously, lately, I mean, you got Tom Wilson on your squad and you had, what was it, over 100 penalty minutes the other night. So it's going to be a hard-fought physical battle, I think, but it's going to be a tight series. It should be a really good series. I'm actually really, really excited about it because I think these are two of, like, the hottest teams in the whole league entering the playoffs um, Boston's 12, four and one since the Taylor Hall trade. Um, the Capitals are nine, four and one since the deadline. Um, but the Capitals are a little bit more injured. Uh, and obviously again, Tom Wilson, big time target on his back for no reason. He's obviously a great classic player. We love Tom Wilson. Um, but I, I think in terms of entertainment value, like this is right up there near the top. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, it's going to be cool to see like all the high skilled forwards that Washington has like Backstrom Ovechkin, see if he'll be inspired to make another run to the cup final. Uh, Kuznetsov still there. They got Mantha who's been absolutely insane since he came over from Detroit. And like, as you alluded to earlier, Boston's clicking on all cylinders right now. Taylor Hall looks like a completely different player since he's gotten flipped to Boston. He's got really good chemistry with David Krejci. And I was actually, I heard today, I guess, um, he did an article on the athletic talking about his chemistry with David Krejci. Um, I guess Krejci's the first center he's ever had that's played like, I guess he doesn't have to go on his backhand to uh set Taylor Hall up. 
So I guess that's why he uh, had so much or has so much chemistry that, with him. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Cause I yeah. all plays the left wing, right? So Krejci's yeah. a righty and it's easier yeah. for him to pass over. I like that, that yeah. aspect of it. That's a real deep dive there. Um, yep. Another, you know, interesting part of the Taylor Hall trade for Boston is my knock on Boston. Again, my team has beaten Boston in the playoffs two out of the past three seasons, not to brag. Um, but my knock on them is always they were a one line team before they got Taylor Hall. It was literally just the Bergeron, um, Rat, and Pasternak line. And literally all that, that was it. That was our whole team. And if you could just keep them off the power play, you shut them down, a lightning beat them in five two out of the past three years, because that's literally all you need to do is just shut down that line. But I think with Hall, that might not, you know, be the case anymore. So I think they're a much deeper team up front. He gives them another line that can score another line to worry about. Um, I still have a lot of questions about their defense. So that's why I'm going Washington in this series. Ultimately, I think Washington is a really good club. I think they're playing really good hockey, but they are a little bit injured too. So I guess I, you know, I could see it going either way, but I'm going to go Washington in, in a close one here. Yeah, I feel the same exact way as you do. I mean, Boston, um, their back end has been up in the air all year. I mean, other than Charlie McAvoy, it's been a revolving door. Uh, Mike, it's Mike Riley they got in that trade, right? For the the defense. Yes, team. Mike Riley. He's, yep, looked, yep, yep. he's looked really solid since he came over. Um, the thing about Boston it, that I worry about is if Tuka Rask gets hurt, I guess their backup dude – he just came into the league like not too long ago, I guess. <laughs> I think he made his first like ever starts like this past week or so or something like that. So if Tuka Rask goes down, you're going to have a guy that has very little NHL experience um, in net for you in a, on a stage as big as the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, Is Halak still hurt? Um, I believe so because yeah. I know all the Boston fans are like orgasming over that other dude who just came in because I guess he had like two wins last week or some shit like that. So. Well, it's crazy how much Boston fans hate Tuberas. I know. It's, it's crazy it's how much they hate. He's been one of the best goalies in the league for like 10 years for them. And they <laughs> hate the man. It makes no sense. Exactly. He's Boston sports in a nutshell. <laughs> but, I mean, for me, the playoffs get fun whenever Boston gets eliminated. So, I'm hoping they do. Cannot stand them. Um, I, think, yeah. uh, I think another question mark in the series is the goaltending for Washington as well. I mean, Samsonov, he's a rookie this year. And then you got Vita Vanacek, or Vanacek. I don't know if I fucking yep. said that right. Yep. Or whatever. Yep. Um, they're both young. They don't really have any playoff experience, either of them as well. So Yeah, um, that is like, true. There's no brain hold be back there. Injured. Yeah, exactly. So I think, like you said, Washington's injured a little bit right now. Um, I like the veteran presence that Washington has overall more of more than a more than more so than Boston does, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. They got more players that have known that knows what it takes. I mean, Boston, about the only three guys that they still have on their roster that have been on deep runs in the playoffs are the rat and Bergeron pretty much. Well, Krejci too. But other than that, I mean, if you look at Washington, you got TJ Oshie who's won a cup, Ovechkin's won a cup, Kuznetsov, Backstrom. Like they have more the majority of their core is still intact there in Washington. Yeah. I think that's gonna ultimately be the deciding factor in this series but i do expect it to be a very tight series yeah for sure for so sure what do you have for like game prediction i'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say go, caps and seven caps and seven all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna go four to three washington yeah aka caps and seven yeah so we're both on the yeah. same page boom yep. all right so again we're gonna be previewing the games in the order in which they appear 
Uh, and because again, the NHL thinks that only like 10 teams are, or excuse me, not the NHL, NBC thinks that only 10 teams are in the league. They're just staying out East with Pittsburgh and the Islanders just being like, we're giving you all the East, whether you like it or not. Um, the Penguins and the Islanders, they play Sunday at noon. They're next on the docket. Uh, the Penguins won the season series six to two, the first seat in a very good Eastern division. Uh, they added Jeff Carter, who's been turning back the clock a little bit. All right. Jeff Carter thinking is 2013 again. Um, Dylan, what are your thoughts here on this series? Um, initially I thought this series was going to be really close, but then I looked more in depth to how shitty the Islanders have been over the past month. And it is, um, not looking good for Islanders fans. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, it, the Islanders have been bad and you know what? I made a bracket and (laughs) I had the Islanders winning, but man, they've been so bad the past month. Like it hasn't been good. I know, and I guess they got Leo Komarov on their first line left wing now, which oh, that's just – that's just asking faster. They, they just can't score. Anders Lee went down, and they haven't been able to score since then. They have no true goal scorer on their team. Paul Mary, I think he scored his second goal since coming over the other night. So they can't put the – It hasn't worked out. They can play defense, but just, dude, they're so bad. Yeah, I mean, three, four, and three in their last 10. Um, but, yeah, the Islanders, man, I, I wrote an article last summer that John Tavares ruined two franchises. I think I've talked about this theory. But, I mean, if Tavares was on the Islanders, you can make an argument that they're a legitimate cup contender. And, again, as I said with the least, they're still not a legitimate cup contender, um, even with him, because they have no defense. So, if, if mm-hmm. they had a guy like John Tavares, if they had the legitimate goal scorer, uh, you know, to add to combine with Matt Barzell, who I think is a really talented and good player, but clearly can't. I mean, this isn't basketball. You need multiple good players in the NHL on a team because it's a team sport. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I'm going to probably have to go change my bracket and, and pick Pittsburgh here because the more and more I look at this series, I think it's going to be Pittsburgh in six pretty easily. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I'm going to go Pittsburgh in six as well. I, I initially, when they made the trade for Jeff Carter, I thought that trade was the dumbest fucking trade that the Penguins could make. Because, I mean, who's going yeah. to want a guy that's like 36? He's on the decline. But, I mean, he's proved me wrong so far. He's Honestly, forgot he was off. even in the league until I saw that trade, to be honest. I know, dude. And then the, the Penguins all year, they've been kind of like just flying under the radar, and they've been like sneaky good. I mean, Brian well, yeah, had a crazy season. He's got 22 goals and 20 assists. He had 42 points in 56 games. Um, Jared McCann, kind of underrated. Uh, he's got 32 points in 43 games. And Kasperi Kapanen, too, he's got 30 points in 40 games. So, I mean, he's always been a baller, that guy, man. He's been always the- just been a feisty, fast, third-line player that nobody appreciates, but every team wishes they have a guy like Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah, and it, it's just weird because you don't you're used to seeing Evgeny Malkin like right up at the top of scoring, and he's just had. I mean, he kind of bounced back near the end of the year. He ended up finishing 28 points in 33 games played, but he got off to a rough start. And it's you see all these other guys ahead of him on the stats for the Penguins, and it's just crazy. Yeah, it it, it is a little crazy. I mean, he's probably on the back nine. There was a lot of talks about them rebuilding earlier in the year. Like, are they going to trade Crosby? Are they going to tear it down? Clearly, probably a good thing for them. They didn't. They got first place in, again, a really tough division. So, 
Um, mm-hmm. Good for them. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there, but I, I definitely think they're going to get out of this series here. Dylan, yeah. what's your official pick? Uh, I already said uh, Pittsburgh in six, four to two. Okay. Um, so clearly that I, I was think... not listening when you said that. So I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I think a big thing in this series too, to keep an eye on the Penguins have home ice since they were the num- number one seed. The Islanders this year, as good as they were, their away record this season is 11, 13, and Putrid. four. Putrid. So they have, a, they have a losing record on the road this year. And if Pittsburgh's got home ice, look out, Islanders fans. Yeah. And Pittsburgh is 22, four and two at home. Exactly. So that's pretty darn good. So yeah. that, that's a very interesting factor this series. Uh, let's move it out west again, where they appear the 3 p.m. game on Sunday. The Vegas Golden Knights are hosting the Minnesota Wild, um, a.k.a. the Vikings of hockey. Um, man, I feel bad for Minnesota. I, that's, that's my initial thoughts here. They've had probably the best season and the most exciting team possibly in franchise history, and they run into this absolute wagon of a Vegas Golden Knights team in, <laughs> in the first round. So, Dylan, again, initial thoughts on this one. Um, yeah, it's going to be quite the interesting series. I think this one's going to be one of the closer series of the opening round. Um, I think Vegas has got a lot of talented uh, guys. I mean, you got a few guys that have made it to the cup final in their initial season in the league. Um, William Carlson's still there. Jonathan Marshall. Riley Smith normally turns up the wick pretty good when playoffs start. And then Minnesota's just kind of a younger squad. They got Kaprizov in there. They got uh, Kakanen and Nets. Well, he's not going to be the starter per se, but if he ever has to play in the playoffs, he's a rookie too. So they kind of got a lot of young guys in their lineup that are not so much experienced in the playoffs. Uh, Jordan Greenway, he's another young guy that's in there. I know Nico Sturm, he used to go to Clarkson University. I watched him play, I think, a couple years ago at Clarkson. I know he's another young guy that they got in their lineup right now. So I think ultimately Vegas is going to prevail just because there's a few more veterans on their team, but Minnesota did look really good this season. I guess the season series, it was really close between these two teams. I forget what exactly it was right now, but I know it was pretty damn close the season. Yeah. And I'm here to say, I don't think it matters a lick. I think Vegas might sweep them. I hate to say it. I feel bad. Minnesota Wild fans for saying that. I know you guys have some passionate hockey fans up there. Um, great, great state too. Love Minnesota. But here's the deal. Your team, you look at this lineup, it is a complete, it's just like the the bad news bears. It's, it's the island of misfit toys. Just like you got guys like Marcus Felino, who's good play, just but he's just a grinder, you know, Ryan Hartman, like Nick Benino, Nick. It's just a a, a team just full of misfits. And Mm -hmm. I just don't see how that team goes up against Vegas and even has a remote shot at winning it. Like, especially with how, especially with how solid Vegas's goaltending has been this year. Right. Like standing on his head and Leonard, like the wild don't really have like a true goal scorer on that team either. No, like other than Kaprasov, like they don't got like anybody that consistently can score. And he's so, like a 28 year old rookie or whatever. Exactly. So, it's just so I like, think that's going to be another uh, one of their downfalls in this series. Yeah. I, I, I just think that, yeah, you know, I, I feel bad for them, but they're in that part where they're going to be going into a rebuild pretty soon. 
And it just stinks mm -hmm. that you kind of had the tough draw in getting uh, just an absolute wagon in Vegas. So I'm going to say Vegas and five. I'll give him a courtesy game, but Vegas and five. I just don't see how it goes any other way. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think the Wild might be able to push it. I'm going to go Vegas and six just because I know sometimes Vegas um, has an off night or two and uh, they kind of can look atrocious <laughs> at times too. And I know that Minnesota, I, one thing I do like about Minnesota better than Vegas is their center depth down the middle. I mean, Vegas only has pretty much William Carlson and Mark Stone. Other than that, they don't really have – I mean, you got Chandler Stevenson, but they don't really have a solid, like, set third-line, fourth-line center. Um, but ultimately, I think Vegas is going to prevail just because of the more physical uh, lineup they got. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to be a big factor. And like I said earlier, just uh, there's more guys with experience on Vegas – that have uh, been in the playoffs and made runs in the past. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing contributing to Vegas taking a series or yeah. taking a series. Jesus Christ, I can't talk. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I can see that too. All right. Up next Sunday night, 7 30 PM Eastern standard time. Your defending Stanley cup champion, Tampa Bay lightning face their little itty bitty Buellas down in Florida in the Sunrise Panthers. Um, listen. Oh, and by the way, Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos, not cap circumvention, by the way. It was not cap circumvention. Anybody who says it's cap circumvention is just jealous. All right? You don't circumvent the cap with a guy who won a heart trophy two years ago. That's not the guy you circumvent the cap with. Um, but we're getting our two best offensive weapons back. All righty. We are rested going into the playoffs. We had like a week off. Um, but I will say this, and I hate to say this, the Panthers are not the best matchup for the Lightning. I don't know what your thoughts are here, Ted. I think this series is going to be a lot closer than people anticipate, I guess. I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about like the betting lines on playoff series. And actually, this is one of the closest series in terms of betting lines. But I think Tampa's just going to prevail just be, like, well, similar to the Vegas series. Tampa's got way more experience. They just won it this past season. And they got a lot more depth than Florida does. Like, yeah. Florida, they got Barkov up front and Huberdo. Other than that, they don't – I mean, Hornquist has cooled off kind of at the start of the – or at the near the end of the season here. And I think he was injured at one point too. I think he got hurt in the game that they played against the Blackhawks. So, and other than that, they don't really have much up front. Um, yeah, but I'll, I'll say this. And... I'll say this. They've had guys like Verhage, former Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup champion, Carter Verhage. <laughs> um, you know, he's had a career year this year. Duclair's look really good for them. Um, Wemberg's been decent for them. You know, but when it comes down to I think their back end's pretty weak. I just don't see – that. Was I don't another... feel threatened by their defense – of Mackenzie Weger, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't scare me. I was going to get to um, that. Yeah. Yeah. That was my I, next point. I, I think they're going to win. I think it's going to go seven. Like just because of how they play, they play with good structure. Coach Q very, you know, you know, coach Q It's a great oh, yeah. coach. Very well. Um, But you know, ultimately the Tampa Bay lightning, one of the best run franchises in the NHL are not going to lose to an organization that drafts a goalie in the first round 
and then signs an absolute pigeon in Sergey Bobrovsky to a seven-year, $70 million contract. A, a, a team, like, it just doesn't happen in sports. Like, good teams, good organizations don't lose to really crappy organizations like that in the playoffs. That's what separates them. And the Florida Panthers historically are a dumpster fire, garbage organization. All right? They don't even play in a real city. Okay? Nice, nice town. It's a town. But it's not a city. All right? And literally, I know, like, I live in Florida. Okay? Live, work, and play in Florida. There might be, I think I know two Florida Panthers fans. I think I know two Florida Panthers fans that like actually are actual fans and like live and die with the team. This team's fan base is pathetic. It's true. Like, I hate to say it. And they're not even like pathetic in like a Columbus sense where they just like yell and shout and scream. They're pathetic in just a sense that they don't exist. Like the team could disappear from sunrise and there'd be three sad people walking around the Sawgrass Mall eating some French fries and overpriced Auntie Anne pretzels, crying their sorrows away, and that's it. So the Panthers suck. The Lightning are going to beat them. I don't care if it takes seven. We're going to beat them, and we're going to win the cup again. And that's that. Uh, I, I guess uh, after that rant, uh, that's going to be a pretty tough rant to follow up here. <laughs> but I finally pulled up their line combinations. One guy I did forget for Florida uh, that they just acquired up front, Sam Bennett. He's looked really good since he Blog. came over from <laughs> from Cal- Calgary. He's built um, – his play style is built for the playoffs. So if he can continue producing, I think that's another element that Florida added at the deadline that could be very use for the, useful for them in the playoffs. But like you said, they're back end right now. They got Gustav Forsling on their first line right now with Uyghur. And I remember him from his days with the Blackhawks. He was like a third liner slash seventh D-man on the Hawks. And now they got him on their first line. Like, what the fuck? And yeah. then, like, Keith Yandel's good, but he is all offense. He's, I mean, yeah, he can play all right defensively, but he can play league average defensively, let's say that. But he's like a god at offense. And then you got Radko Gudis, who just sits back there and takes penalty minutes all the time. Um, Brandon Montour has looked all right since he came over from Buffalo, but still he's not that big of a scare either. So I think with the Lightning, especially getting Kucherov back and Stamkos, who knows how long Stamkos will be back for because we all he know might only play uh, a game or two than Tara's groin again. Exactly. I'll take a game. <laughs> I'll take a game. But still, Tampa's got way too much depth in this. I'm going to uh, – I think it's going to be another 4-2 to two series. I'm going to go Tampa taking it 4-2. Yeah. I'll even say seven, just – I don't even want to say out of respect for Florida because it's a crappy franchise. But I'm just going to say seven because I just – that's just what my gut tells me, and my gut with Tampa is normally pretty good because I watch this team. I live and breathe. I die with this team. Um, I win championships with this team. So when it comes down to it, I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun. Um, other Central Division series, that's the next game on our docket here, the Nashville – Smashville Predators hosting the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes, listen, talk about depth. This team has a lot of depth. I don't know if they have enough sandpaper to win the entire cup, but this team has a really good group of players. Aside from their goaltender, Peter Mrazek's a little bit shaky, um, but they, I mean, six and two against Nashville this year, the whole nine yards. 
Dylan, where do you stand on this one? Um, I think this is going to probably be the biggest blowout of the series or of the playoffs, I guess I should say the first round anyways. Um, I think it all hinges on, on Carolina's goaltending. Um, if they play like they have been earlier in the season, I think Carolina will walk right through the series. But who knows? We all know Peter Mrazek's days with the Red Wings, and uh, we all know he could just snap like instantly and just be a plug out there. So, I mean, I do like Tampa – or, yeah, Tampa, Jesus Christ. I, I like Tampa like, too. <laughs> fuck you. I do like <laughs> Carolina's depth way more than I like Nashville's. Um Saros has looked insane since he came back for Nashville. And uh, I just don't think – like so, kind of similar to um, Minnesota's deal. Nashville doesn't really have like a true like goal scorer on their team. Yeah, the Forsberg – But they signed right. sign Matt Shane. Oh, Jesus, yeah. He's got what, probably 20 points this year in 50 games, something That's like that. Terrible what was it, like a seven mil contract I think he's on eight. or something or eight mil? Seven for eight. I couldn't even remember. That was a terrible signing. <laughs> but yeah, they got Forsberg and I guess told told that that rookie fucking Tolovanin or whatever the fuck however you say it. And I guess him and Forsberg haven't played together yet this season. They've been like injured or they've been in and out of the lineup, so they haven't got to play together yet. So that maybe they um they can put their two studs in there on the same line and produce, but. Ultimately, I think Carolina's going to walk over them. Like I said, unless Carolina's goaltending shits the bed. I almost feel like this version of the Nashville team is like, bear with me with this reference. This version of the Nashville team is the team that you would cast to play in a movie about the 2021 Minnesota Wild. <laughs> Pretty much. They're identical. It's like, yeah, it's just a a bunch of older guys like Johansson. Yeah, like good player, old Forsberg, Scoresberg. Always been a fan of him. He's good, but when it comes down to just no depth, just a bunch of random plugs, just like Nick Cousins and Brad Richardson. Like what year is it? I don't even know. Like Eric Goodbranson, just random players, just that they're plugging in. They used to be good, like. And literally, they're the the central version of the Wild. I think they're going to get absolutely slaughtered by a much better Carolina team, even if Peter Morazic shits the bed. doesn't matter. Um, Love the city of Nashville. Love Smashville. Love the hockey culture they have there. Broadway, best street in America. But you don't have a chance. No chance they beat Carolina. Absolutely zero chance. I will eat my hat if they – even take it to seven. I'm going to eat my hat the next time fucking Google Chrome fucking freezes on me right now, dude. I'm trying to look at line combinations. It's the second time that it's froze on me and crashed. So I'm getting so pissed off right now, but it's always a struggle. Oh, Gotta love it. Gotta love God. technology, bro. Gotta love I know, technology. dude. Holy shit. Hey, at least Zoom's still recording this time. <laughs> I know for real, dude. But, um, um, but yeah, yeah was, so, so, so what's your official, I'm going to say, I'll say Canes and five. Uh, yeah, I was going to do the same thing. Canes and five. Yeah. But I who knows, think- dude, this series as a Blackhawks fan, I think this series has got a lot in common when Nashville 
swept us in 2017 and nobody expected it. We were number one seed. Nashville was like an eight seed. Yeah, they but just they squeaked actually into the playoffs. Then, I, I know, I, I know, but I just think, who knows? Carolina's kind of young too. So I could well, put it this way. I, I expect Carolina to roll over them, but I wouldn't be surprised if Nashville shocks some people too as well. Because, um, I mean, look at us that year. We were the number one team in the league, had the best record, won the President's Trophy, and then got our ass cleaned by Nashville. So, who knows, dude? Yeah, I could see – I could see, that possibility just lays in the back of my mind that Nashville could make a run. But um, at the, the same the, time – The Predators are a dying star. They're going to expand a little <laughs> bit. And this is their – they're in the expansion before they inevitably blow it all up and start over. That's what they are. They're a dying star. This team sucks. Like, I, I like again, sorry, Nashville. Sorry to be so blunt. I, I just, I'm always going to keep it real with you. Your goal differential is only plus two this year. All right. Yeah, Carolina plus 43 goal differential team. Like you just, you're just, you just don't have the manpower. It is what it is. It happens sometimes. Again, your normal central division rivals, Minnesota wild fans, you guys should start a support group and, and just be buttons because it's basically the same thing. Nashville, their away record also is 13, 13 and two. So they're only 500 on the road. And yeah. Kind of, kind of like the other series <laughs> we mentioned, uh, Carolina's got home money. So yeah. Um, and they only have eight home losses all year. Carolina. And, and I'm looking at it, Nashville, five of their wins, they were five and zero in the shootout this year and in the playoffs, yeah, they're not going to have the goddamn shootout. So yeah, uh, that's another thing to look at. <laughs> Total joke. Speaking of total jokes, the St. Louis Blues are a playoff team and they're playing the Colorado Avalanche. Man, this is going to be a complete shit pumping. I mean, for this is going to be the biggest slaughter in the first round. The Blues fall from grace. I mean, they, the Blues were a good team for a while. I thought they'd have a much better team this year. They signed Hoffman. There's all the rage with them, yada, yada, this, yada, yada, that. But, man, they've been probably the most disappointing team in the NHL for me, at least in terms of where I thought they would finish. So, they're terrible. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about this series. I know Colorado's a wagon, and they got everything, like, that you could want in a hockey team. But St. Louis also is only two years removed from winning the Stanley Cups, and they have the majority of their roster still from that cup run. I mean, Robert Thomas is still young. He's there. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly is one of the best two-way players in the game. Oh, Ryan O'Reilly, yeah. David Perron's looked really good this year. Braden Shen's still there. Um, they got a lot of young guys, too, uh, that are breaking into the lineup, playing pretty good. Jordan Cairo played pretty well earlier. Oh, yeah, they season. added Tory Krug. Yeah, well, that's the thing I think the downfall is for me, for St. Louis, is their defense. They lost a lot. I mean, Petrangelo's gone. Colton Pareko, I think, is still hurt right now. Yeah, he's he's still day-to-day. Tarasenko's day-to-day. Vince Dunn is hurt right now. Oscar Sundquist is hurt. Carl Gunnarsson is hurt right now. I don't know if some of them are going to be back for the playoffs or not. I don't follow the blues that much. Sarasenko and Stamkos both wear 91. They're both always hurt. Why is it? <laughs> why does that happen? It's, I don't know. They're both such good players, but they're just so played with injuries, man. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't, pay, like I said, I don't pay attention to the blues enough because I fucking hate them more than any other team as a Blackhawks fan. So I expect nothing less. I don't really know if those guys will be back for playoffs or, or not. 
but um, just looking here on their thing, their defense, I guess it, I forgot that they got Marco Scandella from Minnesota, apparently. Um, so, I mean, their defense is all right, but with Colton Pareko's out for the playoffs, you got Krug and Justin Falk on your top line, Scandella and Bertuzzo, who's it's a decent second line, but their third line, Nico Mikola, I've never even heard of that guy, and Steven Santini, who was a scrub for the Devils a few years back. So, I mean... I don't know. I think if, blue- if all else fails, Bennington will just go out and throw his blockers. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. He'll just go out and uh, beat the shit out of Colorado's whole entire roster and win it that way. But um, yeah, I don't see them stopping Colorado. That, I think the only thing that could possibly go wrong for the avalanche is if Grubauer goes down, their goaltending is fucked. They don't have any solid backups in their system. I think they yeah. who they get they got Devin Dubnik right the other they day. got Duber the Duby so I mean yeah. it, it they kind of upgraded it when they got him their backup position but still Dubnik I remember years where the Hawks used to torch him in the playoffs so he's he could be lights out one minute and then a complete dumpster fire the next minute so um, if Grubauer goes down or if Grubauer stops playing the way he has this season I think that could be. Um, one that's way the that only Louis way that's might be able to sneak way. in, but like the only other, way. Yeah, other than that, I think uh Colorado's gonna win this series. I'm gonna go four to two again. Yeah, four one, maybe four. Four two Colorado was my Colorado's a wagon. That's a, one of the best teams in the league. <laughs> Obviously, they won the president's trophy. That's not like a hot take to say that. And it's fucking yeah. weird that they won the president's trophy. Like looking at the standings, they win the president's trophy, but Vegas actually had one more win than Colorado did. I know. And tied yeah. the points. Like it's just fucking weird to me that Colorado is the president's trophy, yet they didn't have they didn't even have the most wins in the league. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's crazy. Um, all right. Next up, all right. So we got the two North Division matchups left. Guys, no why the hell? Are they like I get they want to finish the season and be like, oh, we played all our games. But why, dude, if you're the Flames and the Canucks and you're still playing and you're delaying the playoffs, it's the stupidest thing of all time. Just quit, forfeit. You don't <laughs> even have fans. It's the stupidest thing. Vancouver doesn't even have players talk about fans. Dude. I know. They're all in COVID. <laughs> they literally had their whole team. They're basically tweeting like, oh, we almost like all died of COVID. And you're still playing? Why? <laughs> Jeez. Like, it's stupid. For TV, who's watching this? All real Canadians are going to watch the playoffs. Nobody's watching the Flames and Canucks play pointless, meaningless hockey games. They both suck. Your team suck. Their whole division sucks. You know, that's the other thing. They all did this all high and mighty Canada thing where they're like, oh, we don't want to let Americans in because of COVID. And then your division is the one that delayed the whole playoffs from starting. Your division is your fault. You're not starting till Wednesday night. There's teams going to be playing game four probably by the time you guys play game one, Winnipeg, Edmonton. And all your teams suck. So you're getting a crappy team, giving them a free pass to the semifinals. It's screwed up. I hate it. So No, dude. I didn't realize how bad Montreal's record was until oh, I looked they at suck. it here. Like they're the Rangers are better than them. <laughs> like the Stars are better than them. <laughs> Like, and the Stars are a bad team, but they're still better than Montreal. Like, I would Philadelphia argue Arizona, even though Arizona didn't have as many points, you know, like, but teams like that, you just put them in that crappy division. Like, <laughs> the, it's just a, it's just a complete joke and dumpster fire of a division. 
The Blackhawks were only four points behind Montreal, if that tells you anything. <laughs> I know. Like, bro, if literally we made all these concessions because we're like, oh, we think Americans do COVID, yeah, this, yeah. And then, and then they're the ones who ruin it. I'm not blaming, by the way, I'm not blaming the Canucks be like, oh, they like, I'm not blaming them for getting coronavirus. I'm just saying, like, instead of them realizing yeah, it's just a virus is everywhere, anybody can get it at any given time. Like, yada this, yada that. They act all high and mighty, and then they're the ones who delay it. So fuck you guys. All right. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's my rant of the day. Uh, but number two of the day, you mean? Yeah. The, the <laughs> Jets and the Oilers. The Jets and the Oilers. I mean, it should be a good series. Should yeah, be a good as, series. as much as you should talk the Canadians, uh, Canadian division, I think this is going to be the series to watch out of that uh, division. Um, Edmonton, basically Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl versus the entire Winnipeg Jets team. Uh, Edmonton yeah. goaltending situation. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Edmonton's goaltending <laughs> situation. We all saw how good that um played out for them when they played the Hawks in the play-in round last year the Hawks were able to beat them and move into the playoffs and Edmonton was sent home packing and they didn't really do much to improve that they they brought back the ever so reliable Mike Smith who's actually looked all right this year but we kind of this is kind of a theme here I'm I feel like I'm saying this 40 fucking times this episode but Mike Smith he can be good one night and then a complete fucking dumpster fire the next night. So Yeah, because he's 80. He's like 80 then, years old. And then <laughs> Edmonton's back end, Oscar Clefbaum's done for the year. He's not playing. So your biggest threat in the back end is Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry, Mr. Second Assist King. So I don't really see where the Edmonton has enough depth to comp- compete with Winnipeg. Yeah, they might have had more points in the regular season, but if you're literally Winnipeg, all you got to do is focus on McDavid and Dreisaitl, just like the Blackhawks did last year, and you'll advance. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and that's fair, but I, I think when it comes down to it again, it's doing the same thing and expecting different results is insanity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something along with whatever that quote is, by whatever his name is, whatever his name is. Um, but I, I just think it's you can't win in hockey playing the NBA model if we just have two good players and the rest of the team's completely left. It doesn't work. Winnipeg's a complete team. They can roll, they could run out, you know, three or four solid lines. They play good structure. You know, they have great goaltending in Connor Hellebach. Um I don't think Edmonton has a chance. I love McDavid. I wish he had a chance. But how how do you justify? How do you justify that? You know what I'm saying? Like, like it doesn't work. It doesn't work in this league. They can't carry. Maybe they can carry you out of this crappy Canadian division, but you're not winning a cup unless you actually surround them with real talent. Exactly. I think the only thing that might be a downfall for the jets in this matchup is their defensive depth. Um, they got some solid pieces back there, like Neil Pionk. Uh, I like Jordy Benton. Even though he's not that great, per se, as a defenseman, I think his play style really fits the playoffs pretty good. Uh, physical um, presence on the blue line, I think that's going to 
help the Jets in the playoffs, but their top line right now is Dylan DeMello and Josh Morrissey. Um, they got Derek Forbert in their uh, top four right now, and then uh, Logan Stanley. You know, if I remember right, he's pretty young on their third pairing, so I think that could be the Jets' only downfall. Like you said, their goaltending is insane. Their forward depth is insane. Um, I know they haven't been playing as good recently. Um, their power play has been pretty good still consistently throughout the year. They're um, at a 21.1% clip, which is uh, fifth in the league right now. So if they get on the power play against Edmonton, especially with Edmonton's weak defense and weak goaltending, I think that uh, that could be another uh, way that the Jets could uh, shove it down the Oilers' throats. And uh, I do got to give credit, though, to Edmonton. I mean, on the their away record this year, they are not actually 19-7-2 and two on the road, which is kind of surprising. because That's good, record, yeah. Yeah, their home record's only 16-11, and 11, so that's – it's one of the better away records that I've seen here on the standings. I mean, quite frankly, it doesn't matter where they play the games in Canada. You can play it in like a you know, <laughs> freaking junior rank because, or peewee rank because they don't let fans in. Exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't, I mean, you can play it in somebody's backyard. Same freaking difference. Play it on uh, Lake Tahoe. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just, that's good. Play all the games in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> yeah. Frederick Anderson versus the Sun for two rounds. Give me that all day. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, I think I'm going to go with Winnipeg winning this. Uh, I'll go four to three Winnipeg. I'll go four to two Winnipeg. Sorry, Connor. I love you, but um, yeah. All right. And then let's move along here to clearly what the NHL set up again to be rigged to give the least really their only chance of winning the Stanley Cup over the past 50 years um, with the Leafs basically getting a free pass to the semifinals. Um, by playing, you know, the Montreal Canadiens, who are one of the worst teams. I mean, probably the worst playoff team in the entire league. Um, maybe aside from maybe St. Louis, but St. Louis would probably beat them in a series. Mm-hmm. Toronto versus Montreal. The TV networks are going to love it. All the Canadian people are going to think that this is the only series going on, even though there's going to be seven better ones. Uh, <laughs> maybe not seven better ones, but there's going to be quite a few better ones. Um, how many games do the Leafs does it take the Leafs to beat Montreal, Dylan? Is it five? Is it six? Do the Leafs do typical Leafs things and choke? Like, what what, what are your I, thoughts here? I want to say five for the Leafs, but knowing the Leafs and knowing how physical Montreal is compared to Toronto, and I know Toronto's defense could be a question mark on some nights, I'm going to go Leafs in five. Or, I mean, uh, Leafs and six. My bad, I said that wrong. No, you're um, good. Because I think the Leafs, yeah, they can score, they can score, they can score, but if their scoring drives up drives up one game, I think Montreal can take advantage on that. Um, I'm just looking at their lines right now. I'm laughing, dude. Montreal's got Corey Perry on their second line right now. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, it's bad. Like, oh it's it's bad. Um and then their defense just looks atrocious, dude. I mean, I guess Petrie – what the fuck is Petrie? Yeah, like, Petrie's a beast. You know? I mean, but I when know. it comes down to it, man, like, but it's just – it's bad, dude. It's just – He's bad. like all they got, him and Weber on the back end. Other than that, dude, they don't got shit on the back end. Brett Kulak, Ben Chir- Chiriot, Chirot, well, however the fuck you say it. 
Romanov's been okay, but he's young yet. Eric Gustafson is a complete piece of shit because I remember him from the Blackhawks days. He could play offense, but defensively, you might as well stick a fucking traffic cone out there. They could play a better defense. Um, Xavier Ouellette, I haven't really heard too much about him. And then John Merrill from the Devils. He's an all right third-line guy, but what good is a third-line guy in the playoffs pretty much. So I think their defense is really weak, and I think the Leafs are just going to walk right over them and just be able to pass circles around all these guys. Yeah, um, for sure, bro. Uh, listen, here, here's where we're at with the Leafs. All right. First off, I want to laugh at this because they're going to win their first playoff series this year. Congrats to them. You've, your core, you've had Matthews for, what, five years now? And it's taken you five years to win a playoff series, and they basically have to rig it. For you guys to win, like, and give you like the cupcake schedule and the cupcake teams. Um, literally in their hockey reference, they're listed as playoffs, one NHL first round. They haven't even played a game yet. And it says they won the first round. So, yeah, we know they're going to win playoff series. It doesn't really even matter. You're a fake team in a fake division this year, as far as I'm concerned. But this team has not won a playoff series since 2004. That is a monkey on their backs. That is a real monkey on their backs. And I, they're going to do it. This will be the year they do it. Um, but this Maple Leafs team, it's just, again, a culture. The franchise just – they're almost like to the point where they've kind of become like the Cubs a little bit, like before the Cubs won the World yep. Series. That's a good analogy. I like that. I, I just think if, if, if there is going to be a year for them, it's got to be this one because you're not going to have an easier path. You play in a very good division normally in the Atlantic with up-and-coming teams. Ottawa's not going to stink forever. You know, Florida's proven they could be good. The only team that's always going to be a cupcake winner in that division is Buffalo because they're cursed. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, like, this this has to be your year if you're the Leafs. And I just still don't think they have the firepower to do it. I still don't think Freddie Anderson's good enough to do it. Yeah, I think and, that's going to be the, my yeah. question mark. Biggest question mark for the Leafs is their goaltending situation. They they did upgrade their D a little bit, but the, their D is still kind of shaky. I, I do like what they did up front, adding Nick Foligno, bringing in Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons, older guys with some grit that have been there, been in the playoffs, know what it takes physicality-wise. Um so I, I did like those additions, but like you said, their goaltending is just up, up in the air, I, which is kind of a common theme with all these teams, really. I feel like I'm just beating a broken record here this episode. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, I, a lot yeah. of these teams are in the same spot, though. I feel like elite goaltending is really hard to come by. There's maybe three or four really elite goaltenders in the league, and every other team is really just looking for one or trying mm-hmm. to build their team elsewhere, but – I don't know, man. It's really interesting because you don't need elite goaltending, but it doesn't hurt. And the Leafs just haven't got it. I also think it would be kind of ironic if this was the year that the Leafs did it. Um, and they this was the year that the Leafs won, and there were no fans allowed in the rink. <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't fun. do a parade because you know they're not going to let them do a parade up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, uh, it would be kind of, it would be really funny. I, I, I think it would be absolutely hilarious if that's what ended up happening. <laughs> um, so in some ways, just, just because the fans have been like, it's 50 years, we waited 50, actually more like 55 years at this point. They can't yeah. even celebrate. Yeah, so that, that, that part, part of me thinks that would be kind of funny, but 
But I, 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 I think that's a problem that they don't have to worry about this year because I don't think there's any chance any of these North Division teams win the Cup. Um, and again, it might sound like I'm picking on Canada. I just think the self-righteousness was kind of stupid on their part. And, you know, your teams all suck. So it's not my fault all your hockey teams suck. And I know the argument's always, oh, well, you have a – listen, Canadian hockey players, best in the world, not denying that. But your, your teams and the organizations of those teams, they all suck. You have the worst owner in sports and Eugene Melnick up there, guys. All right? <laughs> So that's just kind of where I'm at with the whole Canadian thing. I'm excited to just see a normal season next year, but not as excited as I am for it to be 7.15 Eastern tomorrow night, a.k.a. tonight if you're listening to this on Saturday. Yep. Watching the Stanley Cup last night. I cannot wait. Yeah, dude, I'm pretty pumped. Like, even though my Hawks aren't in it, I'm still going to be – I'm still excited to watch the series go down and uh, see who what – Hopefully a new team wins the cup, dude. I always root for the young underdogs. So I'd like to see somebody that, I mean, not, not really the Leafs because they've had a, like a significant history, but just to see, like, I wouldn't mind the Leafs if they wanted to see Joe Thornton get a cup. That would be kind of cool. That would be cool. Joe, um, everybody loves Jumbo. Yeah, like Nick Felino, who's had the one sweep against you guys. And other than that, he hasn't did shit. But so I just want to see somebody new win the cup. That's what I like to see every year if the Hawks aren't in it. So. Yeah, and and I'll say this: I don't. I want the cup. To <laughs> I was gonna say you just want to repeat. <laughs> I just want to repeat. Listen, I'm not ready to give it up. You know, maybe after two, I'll be like, ah, oh, we can give it up. I'm I, and plus, I wasn't. I didn't get to be there last year for yeah. it. So you know, like I want to be there for. It. That's right. Like we, we we had our. I was gonna say you guys can go parade. to games now, right? Yeah, we can go to games. So you'll probably be in some of the or probably be at some of the games, won't you? Yeah, I'm going. I got tickets. So I was only able to get game four because they're being awesome. stupid and not filling the stadium. So I was only able to get game four. But I'll be, so I'll be at game four. It'll be a good time. But, I, I you know, I, I want to be able to be there when we clinch it. And then I want to, I want to, you know, we had a parade. The parade was fun, all that stuff. But I just want – I'm just not ready to give it up yet. I, 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 don't, I don't – I think I was robbed of the full cup experience as a fan. Yeah. That's it. That's all I'm saying. I'm glad we won it. But I think this year I'd be closer to the full experience. I want that full experience. I want Stanley Cup to get a ten. Yep. So, yeah. Who knows if they go on a run, dude? Maybe Stanley Cup Finals. Maybe if uh, they play some games in Tampa, you go to a game in the Stanley Cup Finals. If they make it that far, maybe. Yeah, do I've already done that. Live once. streams or something. I've already done that Instagram once. And, and yeah, oh, we could do That'd that. Cool. We could arrange that. That'd be sick. Last time I went to a Stanley Cup Final game, Victor uh, Ben Bishop, Kamikaze, Victor Hedman. <laughs> it was the worst moment of my life. So one of the best moments of my life. So <laughs> yeah, Jesus, stupidest play I've ever seen. But yeah, so that was the last last time I went to a Stanley Cup final game. But yeah, bro. Either way, it's gonna be a fun playoffs. I can't wait, man. Obviously, we're gonna be doing a lot of shows too. Um. So yeah, it's gonna be a good time, man. It's gonna be a good time. I cannot wait, bro. For sure, buddy. Can't wait either. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Beyond the Boards podcast. If you enjoyed it, we hope you will leave us a rating and review as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Find us on Instagram at the Beyond the Boards podcast, on Twitter at Beyond underscore boards, on Facebook 
Facebook.com Beyond the Boards Podcast and on TikTok at Beyond the Boards Podcast.